0: Welcome to The Best Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Bradley H. Werrell, and we're here to explore options and potentials to help us grow as individuals and as a community with one another in these difficult times and challenging times. We're exploring all manner of potentials related to the human experience, physical, psychological, medical, spiritual. It's a wonderful opportunity that we now experience in this critical phase of our human evolution. And I welcome you to join us in our podcast, become more aware and identify with people who are helpful and supportive of you in your efforts as a human being on this planet and elsewhere too. We're going to be meeting people who are doing things that are widely variant from what is so-called normal within our society. In the creative space, within the social space, our common purpose, seeking to generate positive potentials to improve the lives of everyone in our sphere of influence and to expand that sphere of influence so that we may positively influence others that are not yet engaged directly with us. That's the goal here. We will learn more about each other as we go. I wish you the very best. Thank you very much for tuning in. Yes, the the recording, I have to record this because I have to make sure that the, um, there's a public record of this end times malarkey talk, okay? Because it's like, malarkey is commonly misspelled. And I think that um, people who write dictionaries did it on purpose, okay? So they spell it like if you see uh, Biden's stuff, it says M A L A R K E Y. No malarkey, it's right? No malarkey yeah. right? It's like, yeah, that's like, that's like a, a nonsense, right? It's, it means nonsense, right, roughly, by, um, by the old school. Like my, the people that I consider like my grandparents' age, right? They would say that. My, my parents would say malarkey occasionally because they were collecting it from their parents, right? <laughs> but it's like malarkey, M A L A R K E Y. And it's like, yeah, it should be spelled M-A-L-A-R-C-H-Y, malarchy. So leadership by the bad, that's what we're suffering under here. And it's like, that's what they don't want you to think about, which is like, it's not anarchy, it's worse. It's malarchy. <laughs> and that's what, that's what we're suffering from with this nonsense, with this Marxist nonsense. And I'm like, that's probably too political, I'll get in trouble. So I have to back off. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? So please introduce us to you for the podcast people.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. My name's Kiara Bickers. So uh, you know me because of the UC Berkeley event where I was wearing like a Make Bitcoin Great Again hat and then got Mace.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was a Make Bitcoin Great Again hat. Yeah. Yeah, Oh my God! That makes it that so much it worse. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> I, I was under the impression it made it better. <laughs> no, it made it worse because it's like it's like you had a red hat on, so therefore you must be targeted. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my
1: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, but um, I work in the Bitcoin space. I just finished writing a book called Bitcoin Clarity. Bitcoin is kind of in the news a lot right now because it's 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 pushing new highs. and All the stuff that the Fed is doing. So, how did you get into Bitcoin? How did I get into Bitcoin? Um, when I was I, when I was in high school and college, I was just interested in economics. So I had a job over in Stanford. I was working as a server there, and I would listen to what was like. A, I would listen to economics podcasts. It was like. Um, yeah, like Austrian economics back and forth. It was so it was an hour every day I was listening to these oh, podcasts. Yeah. The Mises Institute in particular was one that I'm that's coming to mind. And I would just indoctrinate myself in economic thinking, Austrian economic thinking. And then I heard about Bitcoin because of Ron Paul, actually. It okay. was sort of like he wasn't talking about it directly, but it was sort of the same sp- cultural sphere. Uh, yeah, I started ranting about Bitcoin, anyone who would listen. And then I just ended up working in the space because I,
0: I taught Wait, myself. What's that mean? What's that mean? Working in the space.
1: Um, so well, I just would get jobs working at Bitcoin companies.
0: Okay, so so what's a, define a Bitcoin company for me just a little bit?
1: Yeah. So in the industry, the mm-hmm. probably the most common kind of company is an exchange. Um, so what year was this? What year is this? Twenty twelve.
0: Okay, that's about the beginning of the thing. I mean, it's like so I became aware of Bitcoin through um, Freedom's Phoenix. It, which is uh, it, you you're familiar with them? Uh, a bit. It's a, So they're a news agency out of Phoenix, and um. But so they so so we, are, me and my business partner, were we had multiple jobs. So we are we are doing um. I'm a, like I say I'm a country doctor, and and we were trying to keep our business floating, and we were making extra money by doing um, disability physicals around the place. We had like probably three more offices than we than this one that I'm sitting in right now. And one of the offices, he's in there. We had we had all these servers and stuff. And he goes, you know, we can probably mine bitcoins. And, and I'm like, okay. And I you know how much can we make? Well, it's like they were 17 cents each, right? It's like <laughs> this. I know, right? <laughs> it's like this. He's like this. I don't know. We probably can make a hundred in a month. And I'm like, 17 bucks really doesn't fire my cranks, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fire your cranks. You it's like fire this, like either.
0: So it's like so so we've been kind of bouncing and and we were mining for a while. And you know, it's just like, but it's like what a what a thing to watch the whole evolution of this crypto. Oh
1: yeah, like back in those days, you used to be able to just mine with the, the CPU on your machine. So that you was, would that was that was the
0: plan. But it's like, yeah, we just and we there just was no the exchanges. There. There's no exchange. So it's like yeah, okay.
1: So you're even talking about an earlier time. So yeah, what in the early days there were no exchanges and you would go to there was like a website that i would use that you'd go and you'd meet someone in person and then you'd buy bitcoin and then like they'd sell you bitcoin and you just exchange cash like at a coffee shop which is like it it was awesome actually i made a lot of friends that way you'd think it was dangerous but most of the people that i met were quite nice um yeah so the most common company in the industry is an exchange then you also have like wallet companies so you just have to think of like, what is the infrastructure required to, for Bitcoin? And that's again, primarily exchanges, sometimes wallets, although those are hard to monetize, so they rarely turn into companies. And the company that I work for now is sort of like this vertically integrated company, which just means they just like, they like to do all the Bitcoin things. We do a data feed. We do a secondary blockchain that that links into the, to the Bitcoin blockchain. We do a satellite, so you can actually... Uh, you know, relay blocks over satellite. Get download the blockchain over satellite, which helps for again censorship. So, like people in China, if the Great Firewall ever wanted to stop them from from like validating payments, they could still do that over a satellite. You know,
0: nefarious. I was reason- going to ask you about because yeah. I'm like I'm like okay, so there's uh, there's like this uh, undercurrent of they can ban it.
1: Yeah, they yeah. sure could. But what would that actually mean? It would mean that normies wouldn't want anything to do with it, I suppose.
0: I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like, I, but I don't think they can really ban it.
1: Well, like if we were to walk it out, let's say Canada does it, right? So Canada, if Canada were to ban Bitcoin, they only have a couple, like they have like three main exchanges. So let's say those Places like stop operating Canada, they fold. Everyone in the world is still participating. Um, if you're a Canadian citizen, you know what you would probably do is just go on vacation, or you know, like have a friend buy it, or you would go back to the whole um, you know buying it in person type thing. It would definitely make it more difficult, but it wouldn't stop access because just because you don't have an exchange, like, that would make it hard to onboard. But if you already have Bitcoin in Canada, they certainly can't take it away um so yeah i mean it would be it would be bad in the short term but i don't think it matters in the long term
0: that's kind of where i'm at i'm like i'm like looking at it from because i have money invested in it and um and it is it's kind of like well you you hear the people and it's like i I just can't see it that negating the space you know what i can't see them negating the space
1: yeah, I mean, if the U.S. government did it, I think it would have a little bit more weight for a little longer period of time than Canada. But um, because most of the most of the traffic for buys and sales and trading is in the U.S., uh, Japan, and I think those are probably the two biggest countries. So you know, the, the, the government doesn't like to ban things that it can't actually stop, right? Because then it's just like a mock of like, everyone would know that it didn't really work.
0: Uh, (laughs) We can't can't be seen to be um, ineffective while we're being ineffective. So we would rather not act ineffectively.
1: I I think so. And that's just my own belief about how the government would like to act. So I think instead they would move to do something like regulate more tightly.
0: No, and I think they're doing it right, which is like, it's just to monetize that or tax the, uh, when you cash out, you know, it's like, just like any other, equity kind of
1: thing yeah that's certainly true I mean they, they do that um but I think you know long term d- does the does bitcoin compete with the dollar in a way that you know is is threatening
0: yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't think so not yet not yet not yet like and that. I think
1: what a lot of these companies want to do is actually like we're, the government is talking about a digital dollar. I met one of the two congressmen who were interested in in making that proposal. They like wrote a letter to the Federal Reserve, tried to make it bipartisan. Uh, and there's a like, I think they're actually moving closer to what cryptocurrency is than further away from it. Now they would do it in a way that's controlled and not decentralized. Um, so like, kind of, what's the point? But
0: um, right, hey, I mean, I only, <laughs> it's not going to work. It won't work if it doesn't. It doesn't do the same job. It does something different. Yeah,
1: it wouldn't be censorship resistant. It wouldn't have any of the interesting properties that we like Bitcoin for. You know, In fact, what they want to do, I believe, is probably get rid of cash.
0: No, there's no question. That seems to be the uh, intentionality here, which yep. is, um, I don't know. I don't, you know we don't head into all dystopian potentials that are being opened up right before our very eyes for the last several years. And it's like, that's a distressing function, isn't it? Like this goes to this, like, like there's a, there's an interesting economist that I studied for about the same period of time, since I I worked on Ron Paul's campaign, by the way, back in the day. Oh,
1: well, thank you. That's awesome.
0: Right. I still have (laughs) buttons. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to save these buttons.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) These are going to be valuable, man. (laughs) They're really Bitcoin. (laughs) So the, um, it's like, uh, the, um, I got lost my train of thought a little bit there. The, um, Back in the Ron Paul days, the um the I was studying Armstrong, Martin Armstrong. Okay. okay. You familiar with him? I'm not. Oh, I will I will share this link to you. ArmstrongEconomics.com. I've been watching him for probably that same period of time. I'm gonna put it on the chat there. Okay. He, he makes a blog. I just Googled him, yeah. He's a he does um <clears throat> Yes, he's, he's famous because when he was in high school, he had a million dollars in coins and stamps in his pocket when he was in high school. And that was in 1968, okay? The, the famous story that I like the most goes like this. He's like, his dad comes home and there's a new car in the park in the driveway. And he's like, whose car is in my driveway? And he goes, that's mine. And he goes, who's gonna lend a kid who doesn't have a driver's license the money to buy a car he goes i paid cash what are you doing in the back room there son he was trading stamps and coins you know what i mean yeah and it's like so his dad wanted to send him to college he's like i'm not going to college he's like, what are you going to do no you're going to go to college so he, he went to a technical school and studied computers so computers hardware and software they didn't have it distinct they didn't branch out before <laughs> that and so he learned how to build hardware and software, and then he, he just went to be a trader. And he was trading internationally. He invented the yen carry trade, if you're familiar with that. that oh, I way. love that. Oh yeah, but well, he, everybody loved it except the people that wanted to him to participate in their conspiracies. These Wall Street boys that were trying to get him to do nefarious things that he wouldn't do, and they um, they got him thrown in jail on contempt they wanted his computer that he made an artificial computer program that studies all the cash flows of all the world since the beginning of history (laughs) okay (laughs) like no lie he's like at one time in um babylon the price of a door was greater than the price of a house because they burned all the trees and it's like and he has it because he collect he'll kill he'll buy the tablets and then translate them and put them in his computer so he gets economic information so it's like he's worth track and it's just because he's like he writes books okay <laughs> he writes books and it's like I buy him it when I can and it's like it's, it's stunning it's just anyway so anyway that, I that apologize for that diverging
1: no not at all I, I'm actually really interested in that I've been looking at cuneiform tablets myself I've been looking at uh, stuff that predates the bible and like reading older m- myth stories just as like a hobby of mine and also trying to like Find multiple translations and then amalgamate them into like an, a better version, you know. Uh,
0: there you go. So I like that. Stuff. I like that. So, so, so I, I, you know, you, you've met Garrett um, daily, yeah? I have, yeah. So, I talked to Garrett and Garrett, because I, I studied Hebrew, because I studied what happened to America for four years, okay? After my business got scratched on the rocks hard, because it's like they, the system, systemic oppression against independent doctors, okay? Yeah, so they they crushed our business, and it's like okay. Um, for four years, I I just I just sequestered myself and studied what happened to America. Okay, and it ends up I start I study Hebrew. Okay, and I'm like in a million billion go all years, the way back. I'm like in a billion years, I never would have suspected Hebrew would be useful in this pursuit, and it is so useful. It's fascinating. Okay, um, so it goes like this. The um, I said this the, the the beginning of my study of Hebrew was like this. It's like okay there's two bushes in the Bible. There's the bush that caught Abraham's ram and caused Abraham to recognize the good God, right? And then there's the bush that is the burning bush, which is a cell phone that talks to God. And I said, (laughs) this bush, this bush is an important literary symbol. I better, maybe I should spend a little bit of time and think about this for a second, right? Okay. What is it? So I said, how do you say it in Hebrew? For some odd reason, which is really Why I chose to do that, I did. So it's spelled with these letters, Shin Yod Tov. And you say, shit. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? And I'm like this. So I'm like, okay. So I said, translate it back into English, right? And back into English, it means bush. It means thicket. And it also means discourse, which just about knocked me off my chair, right? Because I did not expect that, and it's like now you understand why it's a cell phone that talks to God, right? Because it is the discourse with the higher power that it is, right? Yes. And it's like so that, that's what started my study of Hebrew because it is like what exactly what exactly are we talking about right? And it's like um, I, I discovered this along these, uh, this pathway, which is uh, this has kind of computer and, and financial elements, right? Which is <clears throat> Hebrew word for as fire, okay? You say it cash. <laughs> Any questions? It's <laughs> like this. It's like it's so clear. <laughs> well, that's as fire in the marketplace, right? What goes in the marketplace, right? Yeah. And so I'm like that, so that's anyway, so I got, on, I, got into, I got into a very unusual conversation with with Garrett because it's like, well, wow. He's interested in this ancient stuff too. And it's like, because it is what, what's really going on here. So how the consciousness functions, right? And it's like, that's, what's interesting to resonate properly and then generate the field around you that attracts the things that you want and distracts the things that are not interesting. Right. Completely agree. No, so it's like this. I'm going to ask you this as a computer and a blockchain person. Which I is want like,
1: to hear from you, actually, how that relates back to the the problems in America. We when, when Oh, it
0: goes, this is it. Okay, so this is this is the conversation I was having with uh, Garrett, which is like um, it goes back to Babylonian um, control systems. Okay, and it goes like this: the, back in Babylon, there's two kinds of people who use magic okay? There's magi who are good magic users who do good things for good people and prevent bad things from happening to good people. These are the wise men of the nativity story, the magi from the east, right? So they're good guys, okay? They're also sorcerers, and they have an entirely different job, and their job is to uh, summon demons with the intent of controlling the demons through their superior knowledge of evil, which is like that's what we're being beset by.
1: Control demons by their Okay, right.
0: I have to translate that to modern parlance. Okay? okay. Just okay. Then it's like goes like this. Um demon would in this context would be um emotional energy in the mob. Okay, so it'll be like this. Um wear this or you're gonna die. You're gonna die. <laughs> i got this as bad news as a doctor right says so the patients will ask me something like this some doctor told them he said you gotta quit smoking or you're gonna die i go got bad news for you buddy it doesn't matter if you smoke or not you're still gonna die (laughs) that's doctor humor right (laughs) that's not right no it's rude and he's like so so i should still smoke i said i'm not saying that brother I don't want you to confuse what I'm saying for what I'm not saying.
1: I got, I got you. That poor so, guy. So, but so the
0: the sorcery thing is like that. It's like uh, the there's a there's a writer called uh, E. Michael Jones who's a Catholic writer. I'm
1: familiar with him. I haven't you read are. Him, but I've watched some of his content. Yeah,
0: he's a, he's uh a controversial because he's like he's such a rigid Catholic. You know what I mean? He's like crystalline, right? His yeah. books are worth reading though. It's like, I read 4,000 pages of his works when I was studying, you know, what happened to America. And mm. I wrote a crazy book myself, but I had to stop because I was learning too fast. Okay. So I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I can't publish that. It's so ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, Michael Jones, one of the yeah. books that he wrote is, 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 is truly stunningly good, which is uh, Slaughter of the Cities, a thousand pages. Okay. And it's like this, here's the basic premise of the book. And, you know, this is the crib note, right? I'm gonna write the crib notes, because a thousand, he writes faster than I can read probably, I, I'm <laughs> very impressed by him. <laughs> so it's like this, in the 40s, the Democrats changed segregation good to segregation bad with the civil rights movement as a mechanism for political control, okay? And 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 what they did was they made it, um, segregation good was segregation was allowed in the suburbs and prohibited in the cities by forcible integration right and then they created a gradient so now the whites will fly and then we can make money
1: oh i see
0: wait and we get political control right so you see if you're going to create white flight you might as well make money so this is what he would call libido dominandi, which is domination by the passions, as opposed to rational thinking.
1: Yes. Okay. I okay. Understand. So,
0: so when, so this is the sorcerer's job. So one of the stories he tells in Chicago, they're they're paying the black gang guys to uh, be violent and do bad things so that the whites get more scared and go to the suburbs.
1: And that gives them control of the area.
0: And it's like that's good sorcery, right there, right?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I define that as good, but it's effective. Well, maybe that is their maybe, definition of it. A,
0: that's a good point. Now there's, a, there's, see, where the effective sorcery.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the better term. I, yeah, that makes more sense to me. That's fascinating.
0: So that's that's so that's the um that that the it, it goes to the Babylonian control system, which is you you want people to be dominated by their passions if you're going to run the country. And not have the people tell you how to how they wish to be governed. So the the the, the democratic system that were that the democracy appears to be me to be a uh, ruse by which the passions of the crowd that are engendered by the sorcerers govern everybody, and the people who are on top of the pyramid stay on top of the pyramid.
1: Are you familiar with the guy Moldbug? I talked to Garrett about this as well. What's the, the name? Him? mold bug no how do you spell that uh good question (laughs) but it's one word yeah but um this guy is a actually a very excellent programmer and he writes he wrote blog posts under that that uh that name and he what he calls is like yeah you have he calls this like the cathedral and you have these laws that are technically on the books which you know like People who are thinking logically go, well, this is the law. And then you have like the real law, which is, tends to have more power than the law in the books. And it's the law that's actually enforced. And that's what he calls the cathedral. And there's like a lot of context for that, but you know, we're, we're seeing that now with, certainly with Antifa, right? Because they're violating laws, but then nothing is ever enforced against them. Or uh, as a hobby of mine, my wife and I, we would watch, um, we would watch court cases on Zoom after the riots because because of (laughs) that's
0: a bizarre form of entertainment man. (laughs)
1: yeah tell me about it and it gets a little repetitive after a while but um it turns out the judges will do everything in their power to get you out on bail so they'll say like can you pay ten dollars can you pay one dollar like this is in chicago okay so they would they would basically beg the 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 accused and they're not criminals yet because they're only accused, right? But they would beg them to just pay a single dollar because then they could justify them getting out on bail. And the the guys would you know like they would all always just say like, oh, I don't think my 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 mom or my wife or my mom or my baby mama would want to pay that. So like, I guess I'll just stay here, which is another way of saying I don't want the responsibility of being free. So I'd rather just stay in prison. Um,
0: yeah, wow,
1: very bizarre stuff. Um, But yeah, I think to touch on what you're saying about Babylon and make the connection, it's there. There's definitely a lot of things that are enforced that aren't technically on the books, and that requires sorcery because you have to convince public opinion and those people. Because the the people who are judges, they're not. This is a different
0: function. This is I call this occult control mechanisms. Okay.
1: Yep. Yep. But it's like it's like
0: the uh, the the that surface, which is you call the law, right? It's yes. not the operating system that is behind it, right? Correct. And and it's like, so the operating system is a cult control mechanisms because there's other things going on that are not spoken about and are not being talked about properly. Yes,
1: and you hit, you got it exactly <laughs> because talking a little bit about the psychology of the people of, in Antifa is, you know, I, I grew up in the Bay Area. I know these people. Like, I know, like, I'm, sh- I'm certain that I went to high school with some of the people who then be- went on to become Antifa. And it, 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 I don't know if I'm too soft, but I have oh. a, a deep empathy for them because I know what the psychology is that they're undergoing, right? They're, they're being taught that they're fighting evil, right? So when, when they're out in the streets, they'll, they have these shields thinking that they're up against the, the great capitalist enemy and oh. it's, and they're doing good, right? Mm. But they don't think they're doing good and like, I'm donating to a a child. No, I understand you. No, I'm fighting evil. They're fighting evil and Mm. they're encouraged to do it, right? So when you you go a level deeper, it's like also their parents are evil because their parents are going, well, why are you doing this? This is against the law. And they go, no, 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 It's, it's a rebellion both against society and their parents and it's good.
0: No, I know. So it goes like this, and this is the this is the the really heartbreaking part of the whole thing, right? Because you're absolutely certainly correct. And I have a friend that that I another one that won't talk to me, right? Yeah. No, so both of these guys were my roommates actually in college, so thirty five years, thirty five years, and won't talk. I won't talk to the one because the one I told them. I said, you know, frankly, I regard you as ideologically possessed. Okay. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, and it's interesting because it's like. I said, it said it works like this, it's like, so ideological possession is, so you think you're fighting evil and you're encouraged to believe that you're fighting evil, even though, and, 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 and that's ideological possession, right? But the issue is, is the people who are leading you don't believe what you believe and they are misleading you for their own purposes, your disposable elements in their game. Does that make sense? So you're it's like this: slave. you're an animal, you're yeah. just a slave, enthralled by an idea. Correct. And it's like the and it, and it's so so and when I when I talk about these people, I like they're they're useful idiots according to Lenin. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: they have a use, and it's like so. The interesting function there is like this. So it's, it's like if we look at um, societies, like pe- groups of people. And how they um, how they make use of their idiots, right? The the societies that make the better use of their idiots will make a, make perhaps do better than the ones that make poor use of their idiots. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I could actually think about that on a lot of different levels because I think one of the problems, not even on a political level, but in just society in general, is that there's so many men that don't pair bond, like there, and and this is true for women too, right? There's like there's almost like a, an instability in society because there's just, because uh, frankly, I think a lot of like men aren't getting late because marriage is sort of dissolved now. And like, yes, you can match on Tinder and stuff, but it's, you've heard the statistic. It's like 20% of the men get 80% of the women.
0: No, this is, this would go to, um, this is interesting. This one is an interesting one. Which I'm studying a, a philosopher now that's named Kirk Doolittle. Okay, Properitarian Institute. He's, he's he's like more politically incorrect than E. Michael Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you gotta take your hat off to that one, man. Just like, dude, you're awesome. You are so bad. But it, he's like this he's like, how do we arrange the legal system to prevent parasitism?
1: Well, it's innately yeah so so he's
0: like this his premise kind of goes like this and he goes there's a there's a it's, it has to do with uh reproductive strategies right mm-hmm. male reproductive strategies versus female reproductive strategy and female reproductive strategy is much more loosey-goosey than male reproductive strategy because the okay. male wants to make sure that it's his kid right yeah. the, the females <laughs> are like it's just a kid man what why <laughs> why are you so why are you so sensitive <laughs> right <laughs> and it's like so so it's like in, in, a, in, a, in a broader sense i think of it like um in our civilization we have uh we have um elevated the feminine odd ex- extremum at the expense of the uh social function the civilized civilizational function
1: Oh, there's a moment in time that really stands out to me where, I don't know if you remember when there were riots going on in, um, in Germany and there was a, like a game that people would talk about in the, in the media called tellerouche I believe is how it's pronounced, but it was basically, there was like, um, there was like a rape game that was happening where oh, there were groups of men, and then the, the outer group of men would watch. Oh, I've heard of this. Watch the crowd. The middle group of men would watch the rape, and then the inner group of men would rape the women, and that was publicized in newspapers. And they, they But it was not. Parties.
0: It was. It was. It was migrants doing this.
1: That. That's the report at the time, right? That's and, my
0: understanding, and I, I don't. I, I have understand. not heard about it since that time.
1: Neither have I, and, but at that time, it was a pretty big deal because it happened in multiple cities in Germany. And they, uh, the news interviewed a guy as it was happening, walking by, and they're like, well, are, aren't you going to do something? And he goes, well, what's in it for me? Yeah. And Whoa. like, yeah, and it like hit me in the face. I was like, you're right. What is in it for him? He's going to get called all kinds of slanderous names by literally everyone in the culture yeah. and probably, probably incur bodily harm. Yes, have, like totally outnumbered, yes. and he doesn't even get to come out of it the hero. So again, going back to the Antifa kids, they're told they're fighting evil, and the op, the, the reverse isn't true, right? If you if you if you truly go after something that's clearly wrong, if not directly evil, you don't yeah. get you don't get to call it that. You don't get to put that label on it. In yeah. fact, the label is placed on you
0: that's because it's like, so this is interesting so label placement so this goes to this goes back to the um it's feminine um control mechanisms okay which is um slander libel slur yes. and yes. and not direct well, okay
1: physically weaker
0: because because right right but so the yeah. men the men the men answer is um we need to organize our violence better right. our, our violence <laughs> happens to be so sadly disorganized it's not sufficient to do the job anymore it's like Right. Like so when the, when the um the mayor says you, the police just don't do anything while they burn school down or whatever right like well, it's the end of civilization this is what they're calling for it's it like a
1: feminine <clears throat> mechanism of labeling the police you they're know bad. bad and i it is just too effective i actually think this is a play as well to potentially get automated policing like with robots and stuff in the future because if you you know, remove the police from these inner cities. Say that the police are racist, and they're going to be the first to be like, "Oh, new world order!" <laughs> like, let's bring in the automated drone strikes now. I mean, in Here China, there's already cameras everywhere that can right, you're walking into.
0: I'm with you, and that's like that's a, that's a, there is an interesting function there, which is they're they're talking about. The Turks have been um, employing drone swarms. Yep. That is an AI drone swarms in battlefield conditions. Like, whoa, that's just a different game altogether. And that's like, what's that mean?
1: Well, the individual is, it means a lot less in this fight.
0: That's right. And it's like this, the, um, I always was of this opinion after waiting. way I'll watch Star Wars, right? Which is that whoever makes the droid, the droid factory has to be bombed. You have to bomb the Droid Factory because you can't have that. You can't be doing that, man. <laughs> Sorry, you're a bad, bad person. You don't don't do that.
1: I have a friend who used to make drones for the military, and in addition to that, he also made like this laser bong. That was anyway. It was like oh my. He's <laughs> right. a very talented engineer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he would tell me about the different types of drone attack that are that are that are out there. Um there's germs that are so small that can fly through the crack of a window, just prick you with a needle and you're done. Uh, so you don't even need a swarm of them really, although that's more visually impressive and you know probably more psychologically damaging. Right,
0: a swarm will be a, a metaphor for a group that's not necessarily accumulated in one location, right? Yeah. Because it can be a delocalized swarm, right? It's like whoa, I mean yeah there's a wow that's just
1: oh, next. What <laughs> yeah i would i would prefer that i have my own drone drone army if i'm up against that but that's right the, that's the, right the psycho... that we get are not are not up to
0: par no, <laughs> no, it you know and it's okay it's like um the issue is is um you know the 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 kind of like the the thing we're at where the the locus we're at at this point you know like psycho social developmental is um is is uh interesting place because it's like uh End times right and it's like the the there's like a grab to try to uh reduce the individual to nothing mm-hmm. right essentially just a meat, right? right and it's like okay and and the and human um it's like dehumanization of us all right and it's like so it's like i think it's you know it's anti anti everything that western civilization was aimed at right like intentionally the opposite yes and it's like okay, do I, mean, I want to, like that. Doesn't sound like something that is going to happen peaceably, at least, <laughs> right?
1: Well, another interesting way to look at this is like the the kind of standoff that we're having with China. I mean, they don't value the individual much at all. And you know, if you're going to look at it as like a culture wars, but not an, an internal culture wars, but like uh, culture wars at a at like the national level, it seems as if it's gonna be really hard to compete with them and their model. And maybe-
0: That's interesting, because it's like the, the, um, the model, the Chinese model. So um, Doolittle talks about it, right? He's they're fascists. They're just fascists, and they're doing it well because they're ethnocentric. Right. <laughs> well, that works better than, than um, this diversity nonsense. You don't do good fascism with diversity.
1: Well, we don't have any unity.
0: Well, I, I know. I I don't know. I think that we can pull it together. The Americans can pull it together. And well, I yeah, think we, we will.
1: Certainly have, we certainly have things going for us. It's just, yeah, I mean, the, the capital like is where I, where I lose it because it's like, OK, they don't they don't just have capitalism, but they have like authoritarian capitalism.
0: So That's go, it's a fascism. It's just fascists, right?
1: Like they have property rights, but like only for the state. So it's like, how does our state, as a as a democratic republic, compete with an authoritarian? It's so much harder. It's harder to get things done internal to the country. Like there's no seat of power in the country that moves the country, and we see this with President Trump becoming president. How little power he he actually wields as president that that's the the larger point that i'm making it's like
0: no no we're we're in agreement we're in agreement yeah. <laughs> the point is made it's like you're right it's and it's an like
1: advantage for us in a way because we're decentralized as a hive mind you know we have you know, disagreements like more new things
0: western civilization has been parasitized and western civilization absent the united states at this time is under marxist control it appears to me Yes, and it's like it is. It's it's it is debased. Okay, it is just debased, and it's like we'll see how long the Western civilization people. Uh, it kind of comes down to this, and it's like you, you, you know, and it's like I, I apologize if I appear to be more sexist than I wish to appear to be.
1: <laughs> You're fine. Is that,
0: is that sufficiently um, <laughs> like? I think I'm, so, I'm on base again, <laughs> because now I can, say Never apologize. I, I can say whatever I want, right? <laughs> it's like this. I was, I was talking to a Swede, a young fellow, and he's like, he wants to leave Sweden. He's like 22, and he wants to leave Sweden. I said, why do you want to leave Sweden? It's boring. I go, because you can't stand up in Sweden, because you might make someone feel bad. Okay, and he's like, oh my. So he's like, it's, it's just boring. And I go, okay. And he, and he told me this, that in Benito Mussolini said the Swedes were a perfect fascist state. I'm like, that's weird. That's interesting because they move as a block. They just, yeah. I go, and I go. How long are the Swedish men gonna tolerate this? These migrants doing grenade attacks on the police in Malmo, right? Because of and raping the Swedish women, right? Because eventually they're gonna they're gonna wake up and do something about it. And when they do, it's gonna be like one unit. That's right. They don't. They don't do. They won't. They will. They, will uh, they don't like the. What's in it for me? The German right. guy's not going to do it until we do it,
1: right? <laughs>
0: organized, okay? Yeah. It's, once it's organized, it's then it's.
1: Then you're on the side of good.
0: So it's, you because you like what good? I mean, it's like the look. So raping the German women's okay. It's on the plate if you're a foreigner. I mean. Honestly, the German men are going to wake up eventually to you know, be also, German.
1: We should also, say so we don't sound one-sided that there is Western culpability in this.
0: In no that argument
1: that was done in the Middle East. Not
0: so, arguing. I, I no arguing. No, no. I'm just I, no. stating
1: it so that we have
0: some sort of. I agree with that. And no, the premise that I would make is that it, um, the the malfeasance that the West did in the Middle East was intentional. To drive the migrants into Europe for this very purpose, to the kind of at swamp. Some point it became
1: that, yeah.
0: I, I I think that the the people that are are running the uh, running history are kind of like uh, they're amoral and 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 it's like uh, they're sorcery. They're just doing sorcery. So you you mess up the Middle East, so the people go to the other parts of the world, and then you invite them into the other place to swamp out the people that you don't like. Controlling that place,
1: right? Just same thing as the suburbs as you talked about before. And you know what an individualist would say is like, well, you know, you should have free movement of people. People should make their own decision and not be displaced. Like it would make no sense after Katrina happened to like help all of those people in China, right? Like that doesn't make any sense. But if you're a sorcerer, that makes perfect sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is like like this stuff. There, they, these uh, the people that are that are um, the migrants are are. Uh, there's like human trafficking that's occurring here. Of course. And it's like, so there's like huge networks in Africa, migrating people to uh, Europe. And that, because you can't, it doesn't, you just don't walk from Congo to uh, France.
1: One of the things that I have, working in the Bitcoin space has taught me in terms of adversarial thinking. So, you know, adversarial thinking is really just understanding what your enemies or a, a malicious actor would attempt to do to you. That's a better way to think of it, right? Someone who does not have your interest, someone whose interest is malaligned with yours, how how do you protect against that individual? And you know, it it's clear to me that mostly women, but let's just say all of the media, if there's a possibility of something, they need direct evidence that it is happening. It's like, okay, so you could say our border is porous. Okay. And to me as an adversarial thinker, I'm like, therefore people are already coming into the border because it's possible. I don't need evidence. All I need to know is that it's possible. And then I know it's happening.
0: That's like a, like a electronic, electrons will flow there. You know, they're flowing yes, there. They're just, just how exactly
1: it works. Correct. But on a long enough timeline, it is right. So, but the, the, the way that the media operates is it's always trying to convince us, well, just because it's possible, doesn't mean it's happening. And it's the same thing with fraud in the election, right? It's like, yeah, Oh, well, it's possible.
0: (laughs) Well, it goes like this. It's like the the presumption about the media then would be that the media is somehow neutral and is not. It's a sorcery function.
1: Right. And that sorcery is so incorrect because in my mind, in my mind as an adversarial thinker, if it's possible, it's happening.
0: (laughs) I have to stop you because it's like this. It's like you said that is incorrect. And it's like it's, it's not right.
1: Effective.
0: It, but right, but it's good sorcery.
1: It's effective, it's Wait, good sorcery. It's, all of that it's, is true.
0: It's performing as it's supposed to function.
1: But for the individual who wants to think rationally, and a lot of people do that, like a lot of people pick up the paper. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're, you're, you so shouldn't me watching TV.
1: <laughs> I had this really interesting thing happen to me, and maybe, I don't know if this is, this is too much, but I will just say it anyway. I was, uh, uh let's not give it context let's see so a friend of mine let's say was reading the newspaper and she picks up this newspaper and she just starts spouting off opinions as if they're her opinions okay and the opinion was so in in this paper was a, a an article about how pedophilia is just like being gay and she picks it up and she like reads it as if it's her own opinion because she's read it now I like, oh, that's really weird. So that's one, right? I, I, I go on the train. I like meet up with another group of people. And again, another person independently starts talking about how pedophilia is just like, is just right. like being gay. And of course, it's not the same. Like, I'm not saying they necessarily read the same article, but there were multiple articles at the exact same time. It was like it's they sorcery. all received the download.
0: Sorcery. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sorcery.
1: And it's, it's. It's I mean, so, but the beauty,
0: the beauty of it, Jordan Hall talks about this as pseudo thinking.
1: Yes, it's, so, it's definitely pseudo thinking.
0: Well, what's interesting is the person who's doing it thinks they're thinking, which yeah. is, and it, so so I had this conversation with my uncle, Harvard trained doctor, okay retired, and I said, "What do you think about this?" And he says, "I have to watch Rachel Maddow to figure that out," and I was appalled. Right? Yeah, it just curdles your milk, doesn't it? Right? Like, oh my God, really? <laughs> I got nothing to say besides that. Cause it's like, that's what we're conflicted with here. Cause it's like this, why are ma- do masks work? The doctors, as a doctor, I, I know a doctor lost his license for saying they don't work essentially in Oregon recently. And it's like, this is, and, and it goes under the guise of science, which is just, science as sorcery, right?
1: Right. For the purpose
0: of, of making the herd stampede in the direction you desire, which is like scary man. Which is actually
1: what makes Trump so successful is so that he too is a sorcerer. You
0: know? <laughs> it's, a, it's interesting because it's like, the issue is this, and I, I had to think about this when I told my friend that I thought he was possessed, okay? because I will claim to be possessed too, but of this different spirit, this, the spirit that possesses me does not um, seek to um, acquire power over others. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's like this. So it's like, I, I won't say that I'm not possessed of a spirit too, but it's like, but the issue is this, is one that liberates me, but doesn't uh, encourage me to do bad things or cause me to do bad things at, at someone else's expense, right? And that's the key factor, I think. Which is I that, agree
1: with that, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, it's, it's a sort of a problem if good people don't want power. And we're in agreement. That, yeah. We're in
0: agreement. And it's like, the issue is this is, is, is um, there's, there's a, a certain element of it, which is that you, they're, they're, they talk about this in yoga, which is like, if you don't go out and stretch regularly to, to your limits, then your limits will come in and find you. And it's like, that's what's happening, right? And that's what's happening. It's like, so you want to be left alone. It's like, yeah, you will not be left alone because the enemy will come find you in your aloneness. Okay. And it's like, okay. So it's like we are, it's necessary that we organize our society in such a manner as to prevent the enemy from doing these predatory activities that are preying upon the innocent and the good people who are not trying to be predatory in their behaviors with one another so that we can conduct business and engage in, in our lives and enjoy them, right? And that's, that's kind of how I see it. And it's like, so it's like, so that's why Doolittle's all right, even though he's politically off, like, just, he's he's an easy target because he's so offensive. He can be, he, he's not trying to be not on, inoffensive. He's just calling it what he sees. And it's like, okay. So, but he's, he's trying to organize the legal system that allows the, the courts and the legal structure, which is organized violence, the government's organized violence, is to organize the violence in such a way that protects the people that need to be protected and prevents the people who, who should be prevented from acting in a malicious fashion inside society from doing it. And that's like... That's how I see the um, the game plan is because how because how do we work together using our cryptocurrencies or whatever we're doing to uh, achieve our goals, right?
1: Right. I mean, gosh, I, it's a whole other topic to talk about cryptocurrency, honestly, because it, it it's so good that Bitcoin exists. But it actually pains me to watch Bitcoin succeed so much because to me, I take the price of Bitcoin as a measure of the instability in the dominant culture. You know, the dominant culture is like where I live. <laughs>
0: yeah i I understand
1: you I, I feel all, your pain um <laughs> you know my closest friends are you know bitcoiners, they're all on the scene they all hold Bitcoin, you know, we talk about these citadels that will be built in the future. It's all very dystopian, but at, at the end of the day, if America isn't doing well, like you said, the West isn't doing well, and it, doing well is such a like mild way to put it, like it would get much worse than that uh but you know, I'm 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 trying to remain optimistic at least for my own individual tribe.
0: That's good. That's right. That's the right way to be. You just have a pot look, I like you have to have ultimate faith in the outcome of this contest, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's like if you have faith, you're like, it's okay. It look it will look darker before the dawn, however. I'm pretty confident of that. And that's yeah. okay. It's okay. Because it's like
1: yeah. my deeper concern is that the systems that are built are are no longer sufficient for To to achieve their ends, right? Like if the law is supposed to create order, like you know, maybe if I were to look historically, I would see well, the law has never really created perfect order, and maybe that would make me feel better. (laughs) But it it seems as if we're in a time where the law is becoming more and more insufficient to create order, because now you need not only law, you need the sorcery. I mean, you've always needed. No,
0: right? No, no. I, I would I would argue this that it's like it's it's not the law that's the problem it's the people that are the problem and it's like the educational system has failed right and the legal system is just a reflection of the the pop, popular well, will
1: making it a very making a very specific case here like if we look at what's happening with trump and the judicial system the the, the democrats and i don't mean to be like you know just Democrats this, but it's true. It's the, the the Democratic majority of people, they all believe that Trump will not be president. So if the judicial system does anything, because I've been following the cases fairly closely, and in all the major states, there were constitutional issues where a judge or basically someone rewrote the rules of the election, but not the legislative branch, right? The right. legislative right. branch for who people went to public school, they're the ones who Supposed to make laws. <laughs> just, just
0: for those of you who miss civics class, who were, I went to public up school. That day. So I have
1: to like read all this stuff again, but it's like, yeah, okay, the legislative branch is supposed to make the law. So if if other people are doing it, that's called not legal, right? So, and there's <laughs> constitutional issues in, in all of the states regarding the mail in ballots, so like all of the, you know, potentially states that could flip. And the issue is like, you know, the, the the rates at which they accepted them and all this right, stuff. Right. If If the judicial branch, does what is constitutional and follows law, you know, which I think they would be inclined to do just based on the, the majority that the Republicans have there or the conservatives have, I wouldn't say Republicans, better to say conservative because all that means right. is they're textualists, right? They want to read the text and interpret the text. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would just say is the law, like <laughs> if they actually enforce that, everyone is half of the country is set up psychologically to view that as a, a overstep of power because they misunderstand. We're living in two separate realities. They misunderstand the I, I, yeah, I, I,
0: I, 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 pre- I agree with the premise. And so it's like this, the scales will fall from the RIs and it will cause a great deal of turmoil in the oh. psyche behind it.
1: Oh, absolutely, because Joe Biden has already won. Right, he's well, already won. And so, I understand. If, so if he, if he it, it would be as if Trump stole the election. It's, they created a perfect narrative in which both sides think each, each the other side has stolen it.
0: Ah, you know, this is perfect. Cause it's, um, it's interesting. Cause it's like, okay, there's a um, symbol that I will, pro- let say I study alchemy a little bit because I thought it was interesting. So I found this symbol that you will recognize and I'll show it to you, and then I will just tell you what it means. That symbol.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yes, it means
0: divide that. and conquer. Wow. Okay. So it's like this. So the, the 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 key the key function in divide and conquer. So Lenin said it. Lenin's like this: the best way to um, control the opposition is to lead the opposition. Okay. So it's like this. So the issue in my mind, and it, what occurs to me is, what's happening in Western civilization is a general bankruptcy. Okay. So the most important part of the bankruptcy is the receiver, the liabilities and the assets are combined and then they fall into the hands of the receiver who controls the next outgrowth. Okay, and so the receiver in a civilizational bankruptcy that we're we're facing right now is decided by politics. And whereas politics apparently was under control of one group prior to Trump, I don't believe it's under control of one group at this time. And this is where I differ from my Marxist friend, who who won't talk to me, my my former roommate, um, <laughs> because he thinks that 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 it that it's all oligarchs all the way, and that you have to have a violent revolution. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, that's not right, man. You've got to have faith in the system because it's like, if you're going to be a revolutionary, you have to believe that violence is the only solution. It's like that's guaranteed to have a, bu- a bad ending, right?
1: <clears throat> well, you, the, the the weaponry is not on our side. Like, you don't want to go up against the state. You want to control the state because the state just has too many advantages. That it would it would be ridiculous to pick that as your target. To, to, it would be ridiculous to go up against that.
0: We're in agreement, and so it's like this. It's like I don't know. So that that's where we're at. So it's like this. Is the the trick is. Um, it's a it's quite a, a conundrum that we find ourselves in here watching the show a unwrap on un, as it as it rolls out right
1: and it's interesting to me as i'm like analyzing the things that i just said i said they've created a narrative because we're talking about it as if someone is doing this but it's also possible that this is sort of just like a, a synchronicity event like uh, like it's possible that people have using the election as an example right as if there was not uh, a single person in control of, you know, making uh, right. fraudulent election, just everyone on their own, sort of in a decentralized fashion, decided to do everything they could to help, you know, Biden win. And in that in that case, it wouldn't be a they I are know. creating the narrative. The narrative would have just been a natural occurrence. It's like- Yes.
0: It's, it's you know, I have to interject here, because I was like this. So I'm talking about yeah. Armstrong again, okay? Yeah. So Armstrong, uh, wrote a book about a year ago a year and a quarter ago and in the book he's like there is no one at the helm there's no one at the helm there's no conspiracy it's a rudder it's a it's a boat without a captain and it's just randomly doing stuff and i'm like okay like, this i found profoundly disturbing because i studied for four years and i came to the conclusion that there's a vast conspiracy at work here and has been working for some time and it's like you know i studied for closely for the last 120 years in America. Okay. And it was at work in England before that. And it's like, okay. And I made the documents to the, right. But it goes like this. So I'm on the other side of the trade from Armstrong who was making, he had $600 million stolen from him. Right. Okay. So it's like, do, I do not want to be on the wrong side of the trade with that guy. You know what I mean? It's like, so he's on the other side of the trade. And I'm like, but I know I'm right. Okay. And it's like, so clock forward, six months, March of this year, he made a new book. And his new book is there's a conspiracy and he names names and he's talking about it. And it's like, yes, there's a conspiracy. And they are seeking to control everybody and everything forever. In fact, there's a, um, there's a professor, Carol Quigley historian that worked at Georgetown university. He said this there, of course, the, the international financiers wish to create a, a feudal system, right? They wished to, to create a, a global feudal system. It's like, why would they stop wanting to do that? Right? And it's like, well, this is the, they, we're at the end game of this particular, uh, pursuit. And it's like, so, so, so I don't believe in the organic narrative that that's what happened. Cause it's no, this is an intentional function think- there. It's, 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 it's I see it like this, it's like, the, uh, and, and this is gonna probably get me some trouble. So, you know, everybody have a little mercy on the doctor. Cause it's like this, it's like, I think that um, the narratives associated with the COVID-19, the Black Lives Matter and the uh, climate change are designed for this purpose. To, to, to foment the emotional response to allow, accept the feudal order that is to come by these people. That's that's kind of how I see it panning out.
1: It, it's we'll see if it does pan out that way, but it seems like, you know, they never let they never there's all there's anytime there's chaos, everyone always wants to take advantage of the chaos. And you can see the wielding of of power that's happening there. It's like at first when COVID happened, you know, to to go against that it's a conspiracy thing, no, nobody thought it was real. Like I I was watching doctors on YouTube uh talking about masks in February. So I like bought a freezer, bought some food, never had to go to the grocery store when it was rushed, when like lines were out the door. Like it was, it was a crazy time back in like May, June. Um, I was supposed to get married. We had to reschedule our wedding. Like it it was just craziness, but uh, there was at least a two to three month time period where there was no consensus of how this tragedy was gonna be used to get more power, right? Because you could just tell the the narrative, they were saying, oh no, this will be fine. And it wasn't just Trump saying that, it was like the media. They were like laughing at things happening in China. I would go to stores and ask like, is anyone here buying stuff for the pandemic? And they'd be like, no, no big deal, fine. And arguably that was the time when you wanted to wear masks the most because we knew the least about the issue. And it's like, now that we know about it, everyone has to wear masks, which there's so many more sensible solutions, right? So to your credit, it's like, it, it seems as if things are definitely controlled now because the most rational thing to do in my mind, and I'm not the doctor, you are, right? But it would be to protect people who have uh, certain conditions, right? Like, like I, I have many friends who are immunocompromised and I have discussions with them. I'm like, what? Do, how does it help you if I stay home? And like- <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I, and the, that fundamental question has never been answered to me. And it's like, like, oh, well, the media is saying that because people might live in multi-generational households. I'm like, cool. So then you just expand the statement. People who have elderly, people who are elderly or have elderly at home should remain isolated. But what is that? How is How, how do you figure that it should be everyone? And then like, then when you take the hypocrisy of like, well, why in, does Walmart... And Target gets to stay open, and I love shopping at Target, and so you know I'm not mad about that. But then why does my friend's small businesses have to close?
0: I know it's like this; it's like it's it's part of the game,
1: right? It's just a wielding of the narrative, and you could you could tell the narrative wasn't planned early on because no, everyone was just acting kind of dumb. They thought I don't know what's happening. Right? There wasn't a clear. This is what you should do.
0: Yeah, there no. So there's, there's the certainly helm. crystallization of it. Yeah, there's no question, but that's true. It's, it has over time, it's crystallized out into uh, into the narrative that we now enjoy.
1: It would be so interesting to study history from this perspective. Like chaos happens, and, and you're you're trying to watch someone come to the helm.
0: Right, but there's a, this is a the, the, the thing. So there's a there's a uh, Soviet KGB officer defected named Yuri Bezmenov, also known as I, I've Day. watched his content. David Schumann, right? And he's got yeah, YouTube available for the mm-hmm. listeners. Um, but he talks about it, it's like this, that you make it worse. You make things worse. It doesn't matter how they get worse. You just make things worse. So that when the guy comes with his white horse and shining the flag and, he, and the new leader and the, the revolution occurs is when it's worse. Because you'll accept it. Yes. The new order. And that's when the useful idiots get beat up on because they're not useful anymore after we establish a new order because they're only good for destabilization. Yes. And so that's when they get beat up hard because the oh, new order- Well, this will
1: happen in a Biden administration. I mean, he's gonna have to, he's probably gonna have to turn on the left pretty hard to make any, any to get anything done ever. Unless they have a majority in the Senate in which case that wouldn't be true. and <laughs> That would be the worst case scenario.
0: Maybe that. I'll give you that. I don't like this. Like, well, we'll see what occurs, right? We'll see and what occurs. A, what the, 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 this is a not a bad place to kind of wind it down, I think, which is the the, the Chinese talk about it as uh, the Chinese curse, right? May you live in interesting times. And I'm like, man, are we doing that? And yeah. I remember hearing that when I was in my 20s, right? And I'm like, no, I want to live in interesting times. Like, not 20 anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's like, this is so, this is way too exciting. Thank you very much. I really, I feel for the, the youth because it is like, it's such an appallingly difficult moment that we're, 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 um, formulating our lives in at the moment. And it's just tough It's tough.
1: It's tough to educate the youth on what is a clear path you know if there it doesn't seem to be one it's uh, all the systems that my parents educated me on are seemingly out the door uh you know the whole college narrative the whole oh you just get a job and work there for your whole career that narrative like <laughs> it, it, I, I, it greatly diminishes the value of a parent because they can't actually
0: clueless. They, clueless they
1: can't help you the best case scenario is that a parent teaches you how to be reactive
0: no it's like it's like what the 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 question I started asking myself because I have kids that are just in they're just finishing college and it's like what do you tell the youth if they'll listen right yeah and it's like um and it's like it it is a tough question because it is you got to educate them and get them to understand just just be right with people and you know what I mean go forward it's tough man like hey I I so enjoyed talking to you
1: you as well I'm glad and we did this. Thanks for having me.
0: I, I want to do it again. And it's like, but Absolutely. like this, it's like, well, well, we'll figure out some more things that are controversial and difficult to talk about and have a laugh. And that'll be great. Well, I'm
1: actually doing a podcast with Garrett. Garrett and I have a mutual friend. I don't know. Uh, actually, you know him, John.
0: Oh, yeah, John.
1: Yeah. So we're we're going to do some stuff on myth, which would cover the, the Babylonian times for sure. Oh, so yeah. Maybe we'll just like narrow ourselves on a specific topic because... When we go too broad you know the oh yeah it's tough You're,
0: it's wild
1: it's tough but if we just hammer it down because i think you would have some things to teach me about hebrew and and like because i i actually am fairly ignorant about that so you could help me try and understand that time period better and thus a, understand the time we live in
0: there's a um one other thing i want to tell you about this little project i'm working on which um garrett suggested or no garrett no, um john suggested you would be interested in which is like this i want to make a library that's like a uh ri- spoken words so audio visual library digital of out of out of copyright books so ancient cuz i want to make it so look a family can pay a dollar a month and then they can have access to our library which is competing with this the nonsense being generated by hollywood or something like that and you know the the myths the stories the 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 canon, you know what I mean? Yep. The, the real basic stuff of what is what we're doing. That's what I'm. I'm interested. In. We'll talk about that next time.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about myth because I think that's the foundation of, of how we understand this this crazy craziness that we're living in.
0: Well, yeah, I
1: appreciate the combo.
0: It's always wonderful, and I look I, I look forward to chatting with you again. You have a great day. Okay.
1: You too. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.